0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We have been working through a sermon series this summer on the parables of Jesus called Stories with Intent. We will continue the series today with the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Today's message, Here's How to Be Rich.
1: Today, we're going to take a look at one of Jesus' favorite subjects. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, you are worthy of our worship and praise. You are faithful and kind and good. You hear our prayers and you answer them. Thank you for all that we have received from your gracious hand. Amen. Our reading for today is from Luke chapter 16, beginning at verse 19. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime, you received your good things and Lazarus in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony." Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. The rich man said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Dear friends, a subject which Jesus seemed to like to spend a great deal of time talking about was money and possessions. Approximately one out of eight verses in the Gospels deal with that subject. Of the parables he told, 12 of 38 are about money. It's a favorite subject for Jesus because he knows the dangers of money and possessions, how they can ruin our relationship with God and with our neighbor when it becomes the focus of our lives, whether we're rich or middle class or poor, it can blind us to that which is most important. Today we have Jesus telling a story dealing with the subject of money. It's about a rich man and a poor man. The story is divided into three parts. The first part is about two men's lives, and they're described for us. There was a rich man who lived an extravagant life. He had the best of everything, the finest clothes, the best food, a beautiful home with a gate out in front to keep the riffraff out, he had it all and carried on a sumptuous lifestyle. Then there was a man named Lazarus who was very poor, a beggar. He sought to live off the crumbs that fell off the rich man's table. In other words, he was looking to the rich man's garbage for his next meal. He was suffering He had sores all over his body and the dogs were licking those sores because he couldn't defend himself. It was making things all the worse for him. He was destitute. In the second part of the story, there are two deaths and two destinations. Lazarus died and was carried away by angels to Father Abraham's side in heaven. The rich man died and was buried. In all likelihood, with all sorts of pomp and circumstance, it was an extravagant funeral. But he woke up in hell, Hades, a place of torment. Finally, there's an interesting conversation that takes place. The rich man makes two requests of Father Abraham. First, he says, Father Abraham, would you send Lazarus down here to cool me off with some water? It's hot down here. Interestingly, he saw Lazarus as less than him still, that he should be serving him. But Abraham responds, no, you had it all before. Now things are different. Now, please note, Lazarus is not in heaven simply because he was poor. That's not being taught here by Jesus. He was where he was because he obviously had a relationship with God. And God had a heart for the poor. But Abraham goes on to point out as well to the rich man. Besides that, there's a great chasm between us and there's no crossing over back and forth. This is a permanent situation. So get used to the heat. Realizing that all is lost for him, the rich man then requests, "Uh, then please send Lazarus to warn my five brothers who are living the same way I did. And Abraham says, no, they have Moses and the prophets to listen to. But a resurrected person would move them to repent and change their ways, the rich man said. A resurrected person will not convince them to listen to God. They must listen to God's word, Abraham said. By the way, remember that Jesus had already brought the widow's son in name back to life. He would raise Lazarus, uh, his friend, back to life in John 11. And he himself would rise from the dead. But still many would not believe and repent and turn to him. This story has one main point. Remember, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly truth. And the main truth can be summed up with this little theme I've chosen. Stop, look, and listen just like we tell our children. It is not meant to be a treatise on what the afterlife looks like, though we do know from Jesus there is a judgment day and there is a heaven and a hell. Even so, this parable is not intended to give us a view of how hot hell is, nor is it an attack on rich people, though it was told to the disciples with Pharisees overhearing who were lovers of money, hoping to move them to repentance and finally enter into God's kingdom. And it's not telling us about how does one get into heaven, be poor, that'll get you in. No, nor is it teaching us how to earn your way into heaven by doing right things. No, scripture is clear that a person saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So what then is the big idea? This is a story calling us to a life of compassion and generosity with the riches that God has given us. Notice in the story, the focus is on the rich man. He does all the talking. Lazarus doesn't have a line in this story. The parable then tells us first, Don't be like the rich guy. Stop and look. See the poor. See the hurting. See the destitute. Notice them. And don't ignore them. See them and have compassion upon them and do something to help them. It's all too easy to not pay attention and to not act on the suffering of others. It's always been like that still is. Like this rich man who proudly considered himself a son of Abraham, here he had a poor suffering person right outside his gate and he did absolutely nothing. And that still happens today with the likes of us. We might be prone to think when we see someone like that, let someone else take care of them. Let the government take care of them instead of asking, What can I be doing? And we have so much media overload that it makes us less compassionate and more callous, I believe, to suffering around us. We get too used to seeing it. We see people with cardboard signs every day asking for money at every stoplight, it seems like, and you can't help but get suspicious and skeptical And you hear news stories and how they're a scam. So we stop looking at them. Besides that, we are preoccupied with our own lives and our own problems. We've got no time for anyone else. And of course, there's our sinful nature, isn't there? Which says that we must just take care of ourselves and no one else. The rich man's blunder in this story is sin was to ignore the poor and stay focused on himself. We also learn that it's important to listen. Listen to God's word, which tells us what God expects from his people who had these poor outside their gates. This man chose to ignore God's desires for his life, which was revealed in Moses and the prophets in the Old Testament. Again and again, you see, God's word points us to show compassion to the poor and helpless. For instance, we hear Moses in the book of Leviticus telling the people on behalf of God to take care of the poor to leave parts of their fields uh, when they get into the promised land for the poor to harvest and take care of themselves We hear Moses in Deuteronomy as the people are about to enter the land of milk and honey and plenty. As God's people, Moses instructs them in Deuteronomy 14, Every third year you shall bring out the full tithe of your produce for that year and store it within your towns so that the Levites, the resident aliens, and the poor may come and eat their fill so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work that you undertake." Or in Deuteronomy 15, for the poor will never cease out of the land. Therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor of the land. And listen to God's heart for the poor and the prophets. Later on, when God's people are under his judgment, he tells them why he is so infuriated with them through these preachers we call the prophets. We only have time to listen to a couple samples of this from them. But in Isaiah 3, for instance, God chastises his people saying, what do you mean by crushing my people, by grinding the face of the poor, says the Lord God of hosts. And the prophet Amos Preaches, thus says the Lord for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and push the afflicted out of the way. The prophet Micah says, what does the Lord require of you? He's told you to show justice, to love kindness, walk humbly with your God. You see, God cares for the poor, and he wants his people to care for them as well with the resources that he has given us. Isn't it interesting that later on in Luke's gospel, there was this rich man named Zacchaeus, who has a life-changing encounter with Jesus, and as a sign of his repentance, his new life, he gives away half of his possessions to the poor, and Jesus affirms it. Later on, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians will write to some well-to-do Corinthian Christians, If you count yourself a Christ follower, remember that We follow one who was rich and became poor for our sakes, dying on a cross for our sins so that we might be rich in him. His name is Jesus Christ. And our giving to the poor shows the genuineness of our faith in him and our love for him. James, picking up on this truth, writes in his New Testament letter to an early congregation, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Church historians have shown us that early Christianity survived and actually thrived and grew in a hostile pagan world largely because Christ's followers took this teaching of Jesus seriously and showed generosity and compassion towards those who could not help themselves. Not just amongst themselves, but showed it towards those as well who were outside the faith. And people were amazed and eventually attracted to the gospel that they preached. So this story that Jesus tells us is meant to actually teach us to stop and look. Notice the poor, the helpless, the destitute. And listen to God's word in regard to them. Be compassionate and generous towards them and share from what God has given you. Generosity and compassion are key marks of the Christian life. He would also have us listen to Moses and the prophets and point us to the one who fulfilled Moses and the prophets, Jesus Christ, who fulfilled God's plan of salvation began way back in the Old Testament. Moses and the prophets looked forward to the day that would come when the Messiah would arrive and that he would take care and fulfill of all of God's plans. And in Jesus Christ that has happened. And as we place our trust in him, we count ourselves among those that are saved by grace through faith in the Savior, Jesus Christ. So a personal question that the follower of Jesus Christ needs to regularly ask himself or herself is this. What am I doing with my riches? And by the way, friend, you and I are rich. Oh, you may be thinking, wait a minute, I'm not rich. Listen, if you're an American listening today, you are rich, far richer than most of the world. You're right up there in the upper percent. Here's a good question for us as rich Christians to ask. What is my attitude towards my wealth and giving? Is your attitude falling prey to the mindset that it's mine I earned it and I'm going to use it for myself to enjoy. Be careful. Or is your attitude, how can I use this trust God has given me to help others in the name of Jesus? Next, are you someone who is stopping and looking and paying attention to the suffering going on around you and also listening to God's Word? wanting to obey it you don't have to look far to see the suffering and those who need help it's all around us and are you listening to god's word to help the helpless how much weight does god's word carry in your life when it comes to your riches there are needs and opportunities galore it's a hurting world There are local opportunities, local missions. We have a union gospel mission in our community and loaves and fishes where we serve food to the poor. You can give. You can volunteer. There are national opportunities, giving of your own resources to flood and fire and hurricane victim organizations that are Christian through Salvation Army, who's always on the front line working in the midst of these disasters. Give. Offer to volunteer. There's international opportunities, Compassion International. You can adopt a child and finance them for schooling and write letters to them and encourage them in their growing up. And of course, there's Samaritan's person, World Vision, doing things in Christ's name for the poor. I leave you with this quote. Every person possesses something of some sort, be it no more than a heart and a hand and a span of life. And to every person is given some Lazarus at the door, a test case as to when he or she will use those possessions rightly or wrongly with love or with self-indulgence, bringing God's will into the matter or leaving it out. Stop. Look. Listen. Listen. That, my dear friends, is Christ's word to you today. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's story has called you to a life of compassion and generosity with the riches God has given you. Stop and look. Notice the poor, the helpless, the destitute. Then listen to God's word in regard to them. Share from what God has given you as a key mark of your Christian life. September is anniversary month for Christian Crusaders. Our first program aired on September 6, 1936, as an hour-long broadcast of the worship service of Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa. Its purpose was to serve the community of believers who were unable to attend services. Eighty-three years later, our purpose remains the same today. We are grateful to our listeners and supporters who have helped us continue serving the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world through airwaves, the Internet, and the satellite. If today's program has spoken to you and you are able to do so, we ask you to consider making a prayerful and financial contribution so we can continue to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to listeners across the country. Address your letters of support to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. We also encourage you to visit our website where you can find both a printed and audio copy of today's message as well as recent messages. Visit us online today at christiancrusaders.org. We are grateful you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us next week when the message will be, What have you done with Jesus? The parable of the wicked tenants. Until then, from all of us here at Christian Crusaders, may God grant you His richest blessings for your week to come.